0: But um, I started at 19 as an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship um, definitely was something that I was interested in very early early on in high school. That's really where it started. 19, I was in the beauty industry. Started from there. um, Pretty much entrepreneurial. When you really think about it, it wasn't a clock in 9 to 5, get a check at the end of the week kind of thing. Uh, Went in from that, uh, you know, start getting creative again. Like, what else is out there? 23? I end up entering my first licensing deal with a restaurant chain. And I so I stepped into that for the very first time in the restaurant industry. Had absolute, let me just tell you how bananas I am. Had absolutely no experience in restaurant business, right? None. That is how, you know, I'm like, if you're gonna live this, live this life, live it right, right? Whatever, and that was my thing. It's like whatever it is that I wanted to try, I wanted to experience, whatever I wanted to create, I'm not afraid to create it. I'm not afraid to experience it. So I'm very much so adventurous when it comes to trying things in business. Now you can't get me on a roller coaster at magic mountain, but when it comes to business, it's different. (laughs) It's different. So I truly Kimberly, just anything that I wanted to step my foot in and experience, um, I did it and I did it with two feet and I did it really confident in myself and my ability at those particular times to do it. My husband, at the time, he's passed away now. Last year, um, he's, he was very uh, supportive of everything that I did. He got behind it. Like The only thing that did kind of scare me, I, I have to go back, was I was supposed to open up a day spa in my early 20s. That would have been because I had just come out of the beauty industry kind of more of in the independent contractor-ish. And I wasn't quite ready to do that yet. Cause I was like, there's like a ton of things I have to know for that type of business. And I just, that was just a little too early. My husband definitely was very supportive of that. He was actually encouraging that. He had a little bit experience in the restaurant business and was absolutely amazing. And so we decided to go that way. So yeah, so anytime it comes to like service-based businesses, restaurant particularly, I know exactly the aches and pains that go with that. So I can totally resonate. And it brings me to what I'm going to mention of why it's so important that I had this background. So from there, we then went into, I was in a male dominated industry. We're in the transportation industry. We own trucks. We were part of the construction industry. So I understand women in business that are in male dominating fields. So I can speak to that. Um, I rolled out a beauty brand. So I know about beauty. I had this whole like Um, on location spa like business where literally we were bringing the spa experience that was like my in-between putting my toe in there for the spa thing (laughs) Um, so we would create spa parties like if it was out at a retreat in a mountain retreat or if it was like at your home, outside by the pool, you know, girlfriends coming over kind of thing. And we would recreate the environment like a spa, but you wouldn't have to leave. And it was incredible. And so, you know, I did that as well. And then a couple other things I dug into, and then mainly the longer uh, parts of my entrepreneurship was going into the consulting part of it. And I did that for 50 plus industries. So I cover a wide, like, yeah, I have a wide array of things that I've touched that I've personally touched and been into. And so that's what's helped me today because what I do today in marketing, media, and TV, I understand marketing. I understand advertising. I even have a personal relationship with specific industries. So I know how to speak to that. I know how to position them. I know what things they should be looking out for. So it's helpful when you have a community and network that really is all about community and value and how to properly position yourself for your goals in order to increase in whatever it is that you want to do, I can speak to those things or I can bring people to the table that can add value because I recognize what needs to happen in the room. And so that's why it's, um, I feel like it's so different. I was just talking about this actually the other day, Kimberly, where I had hired someone to do a service for me. And one of the things that stood out for me, which is very rare because where I'm sitting is rare to like, have the marketing and everything, but then have actually not just theory, business, or the degree, which I have that too, but I've walked it, I've talked Mm -hmm. it, I've been in all these industries on top of now I can tell you how to do things. And it's rare to find that, right? And so this week I actually hired someone that's going to be providing a service, a much needed service for us, for lead generation, and she has that balance. Of she knows the business. She has the degree. She has all of the different things. She actually actually, she actually has a legal degree as well in um, the background as far as business. But then she has this other whole amazing, um, incredible skill set that's going to help us with lead generation. And you don't find that. You either find you go to an agency and they have a lead service or a marketing service or something, but they don't necessarily know what it's like to really be in business, right? And so I was really excited to find her, but I feel like that is what makes us truly, truly unique um, and why we've we've been able to be super successful so quickly.
1: Yeah, I think what you're saying too is all your experience, not only were you in the business, you were running the business and that puts you in, you have such a unique perspective as the business owner in what you do today. Right. On both sides, the mm-hmm. marketing and the the network. It's huge.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. amazing.
1: What do you tell pe- how do you help people or coach people in in their businesses at this point? Like we're we're in the second quarter of the year where people could be like really gearing up or like like we're Yeah. Crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when I first started out with Pink Icing, you know, I did do, there were some things that I did as far as coaching-wise, um, VIP coaching. I don't do as much of that anymore because, again, the focus and the efforts have, you know, switched to really building out the network. That is the The goal, we're also going to be launching a scripted TV series. So I'm even getting deeper into the media stuff. So now I'm looking at working with writing teams and production. So it's kind of shifted as far as how accessible I am as far as for coaching. But within the network, uh, we have that, you know, Kimberly, we have that mastermind component where we're able to all come together once a month as a community Flush out ideas, answer questions, give strategy, whatever that looks like. And it's not even just me. It's like everyone around the table that wants to be a part of that can take part of that. And so um, that's kind of what it looks like these days. So it's moved away from the one-on-one kind of thing or even the one-to-small group kind of thing. It's more now a community thing. And I'm one part of the value that's added into this community. And so that's, that's pretty much how coaching or consulting kind of looks these days for us. Um, and I don't really see as much going back into like more of the one-on-one, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, so the focus now is just, you know, media, marketing, getting people out there, monetization. That's more of the focus now.
1: I love, <clears throat> I love that you have the community piece. We talk about that every once in a while, and it's really something that it allows so many more people to come in and really help you in your foundation, even just to bounce ideas off.
0: Yeah. It stops that whole silo effect. Right. Because um, that's the thing like, and that's, what's different about us. Like even when you look at streaming TV as a whole, like a streaming channel and there's tons of different things, we're like more than that. That's just the tool in the vehicle we use here in this space. This is just a tool, the vehicle. There's so much more to it because What I found is this is just not enough. You need to have support. You need to have community. You need to have people like Kimberly, like you mentioned, to bounce ideas off of. And when you're creating content, like when you think about social media on YouTube channels, you're in a silo. Like you do your thing. If you have a team and you're able or if you're paying for consulting or coaching on the outside of what you're doing with your content, then great. But for the most part, you're figuring all of that out. You're figuring out how to do your shows, how to do your seasons, how to do your advertising, how to do sponsorship, if that's even an option for you. Um, you don't really have that within those spaces. And that's what makes us different, because not only do we have the accessibility to some major media platforms that most don't have, when you think about you know, Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV alone, you look at most in your industry, when you think about don't have access to that. But then we also have the support around it for you truly to be successful. And what its success looks different for everybody, like whether you're trying to make it to big network, or you're trying to do independent and, you know, roll out private label products, whatever that is that it looks, whatever success looks like for you, that's what you can work towards. And that's what the community really supports you in doing. So that's, that's the difference.
1: Yeah. And it's, I think, paramount in in what you're creating and bringing all your network hosts with you. It's, you know,
0: it's yeah. amazing. You're like, amazing. On, for the, on for the ride. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> and we're already seeing that. Like, you know, when I just, really quick, I'll just talk about some of the wins. Like, you know, with Tom Murphy, like he had already been on YouTube for years and you know, came upon the community and, you know, just was really encouraged by the environment, had support with the community, had uh, personal support, um, uh, not personalized as in personal, but uh, L, K.L. Jones helped him in some things with his intro and just having all of that, those things happen for him and now him going through a process on final stages with being considered for Food Network. And, you know, that's in a matter of months and you see what i'm saying so it's like that's kind of the thing that community does and you know you know you have that and then you have the success stories of people that came in where their goal was to monetize like some people came in where their goal was actually to monetize whether their shows have launched or not because still half of our shows have not even launched yet they're either in production um, or they're just working on whatever they're trying to figure out within their concepts but Several of those are already monetized. They're already making money off of shows that are going to be rolling out maybe spring or summer and they're already monetized and they just came in months or weeks ago. And so you just don't hear about those things happening within social media. They don't because you have to meet a threshold. You have to, you know, so it does coming into the network. You have a little bit of unlearning because this is very different then social media. It's different. You know, the what you have access to is different. The way that you can leverage it is different. That's where all of that, um, you know, background, my background and the expertise as far as business and how to look at things as a creative person. Like, I'm always going to look outside of the box. There's no box in sight. I say this all the time. I'm always going to look for gaps, holes, and opportunities. I'm always going to look for the chance to position in a different way, to communicate it in a different way. Like when you hear me communicating about this, I'm not gonna stay in a vein of a sales pitch. I'm gonna tell you what it, how it solves it, I'm gonna tell you how to spin it around, put it upside down, how to look at it differently, how to position it differently because when you're even speaking to people that might want to support you, even in what you communicate can mean a big difference on whether they come alongside you just communication alone. And so, you know, when we start looking at things like that, that's when you start seeing growth. Like for example, Toya, she's like, Oh my gosh, she's doing amazing. With what she's doing, you started her off on one, you know, one pathway. She came in with, I believe, four or five sponsors paying her anywhere from four hundred to fourteen hundred dollars for a show that she hadn't launched at that time. Now is since launched, and now she's looking at so many other opportunities because now her creative juices are going, right? So you you kind of open up the possibilities that people didn't think about before by putting them on a different lane and a different track. And that's what it is. It's like taking you off the track of what you've known already and what you've experienced in social media and putting you on this other track, this different way of thinking. And so um, that's kind of what we do and we encourage that. And so we see other things birthed because of kind of how we set you up on the foundational um, parts of it.
1: Wow. There's so many moving pieces to this. Yes. It's it's incredible the support within the network. Yes. You've created and built. I love it, Keisha, it's amazing what you do. you.
0: No, thank you. Yeah, no, thank we're, you. yeah <laughs> we're glad to have you. Well, you, you see the network, that's why I said the network and the community, it's all of us that makes it amazing. You know what I mean? It's all of us. And that's why I've always been with any business all about community because it's like we're all brilliant in our own ways. Like, yeah, I know that I'm fully aware of the brilliance that I bring and my expertise. I'm fully aware and I'm comfortable with saying that. I'm not in a place where, oh no, no, no. I fully know <laughs> my value and what I bring. But what I also understand, there is value in other areas that complement what I do, that complement what others do. And it's like, bringing that together basically multiplies what we're able to do. And that's what we're seeing because if it's not, you know, if you don't have the other perspectives, you know, because I'm not going to be perfect and know it all, not at all. And so when you have other perspectives and people bringing their expertise and their brilliance and their feedback and you're bouncing ideas off, you know, that and their resources, even resources, lending their gifts, their talents, their skills, that's the part that makes the core of this so dynamic because it can't be this if it's just one person if it's just one person it can't be that it has to be the community the collective even when you start looking at as especially as we amp up this year when it comes to the marketing part of the invisibility within that it's the collective of what's going on here. So if we bring someone in that is, you know, really going towards big network, which we have several that are, they're positioning for different things. Like we have a writing team coming in that's um, positioning to uh, submit for an Emmy. That's a win for everybody, the network and everyone else, because that means more eyeballs on the network, more eyeballs on, you know, content creators, hosts, producers, those that are on the network, everything that any one of you do is a win for the entire network and for each of you so that's what's so important about the community and collective so i don't ever want to and i don't minimize that part it's like okay yes i created it i you know tr- you know all this i have the background but the brilliance in just having the community part of it that's the core part and that's what's missing in a lot of stuff that we see today. It's more transactional or, you know, kind of more like that. Um, it's not, it doesn't really have a real support as far as that component of it. And I just don't do transactional business. I just don't, I'm really about community and relationships.
1: Wow. Yeah. So gosh, there's so many things. I, want I know to it's so
0: much to unpack, right?
1: <laughs> it's so good. So you that what you're saying is community absolutely number one, yes. basically. In business in general, would you say that creating a team is what's really gonna help
0: accelerate your business? Oh, absolutely. You know I'm all about that CEO mentality. Yeah, <laughs> we can get on that. We surely can. So um like I mentioned before, just in the marketing business space, marketing and branding space, I've been in that for 20 plus years. So a very long time, but Pink Icing was actually launched in, let me see, 20 end of 2018, um, coming into 19, that's when it was launched. And less than a year later, I already had a team. And so it wasn't two years, five years, 10 years later, right? Because sometimes when you hear these stories about you know, growing the business and this, that, and the other, that you have to wait years until you get to this milestone and that. Now, a lot of that did come because it wasn't, even though it was a new business at the time, I wasn't new to the business, right? And so mm-hmm. I do want to say that. And all of us have this space of brilliance in excellence and expertise where we have years of experience of something. And when you open up that new something, it's not really new because you have years of experience and you're able to kind of hit the ground running with it. And that's, I just did that. Right. So I, it was just no different. So for me, my main thing is I was not a cheerleader for the whole solopreneur and rah, rah, wearing five hats. It was like, no, I have enough, um, sense when it comes to, and not to say if you're thinking like that, not to say it's bad, but I had a background of that's not necessarily, because I've built so many businesses, that's not necessarily the way that you should go. It's a really, it's a burnout. It's really taxing on your health. Um, There's just too many things that I just did not um, ever like about that whole wearing 50 million hats. Now, I know you have to do that in the very beginning to get things up and going, get some revenue in and all of that. I get it unless you were fortunate Mm -hmm. enough to have some money to start. So I get it. But that never should be a long term goal. And really, your plan needs to include how are you going to get out of this 50 million hats, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of that is reinvesting. Sometimes, you know, a lot of times we look at, you know, oh, we're having success. And then we go into spending or this and that and the other. And then we continue that way year after year year after year, instead of reinvesting into the business. Cause you got to treat the business. I was just telling my team, you got to treat the business as a person. Like you have to take care of the business. Like when I speak about the business as an entity, it's its own person. Like, you know, it's like, we got to take care of it. And if the health of the business and the things that it needs and the nutrition that it needs and all of those things that it needs is not taken care of. It's not going to take care of you. And so when you look at your business, you really do have to look at it as its own thing. And it's like, are you taking care of the baby? Like, are you taking care of the business? And so that's, you know, once I got through that, one of the main things I wanted to do, I wanted to build a team because I was like, I am not going to be doing all of this. I've done all of the different areas, which is good, because you always want to know kind of what you're assigning to someone else to do. You don't want to be like, you know, uh, I know you're not going to know everything, but you don't want to like be giving a bunch of stuff and don't really know where or what to do or whatever. You have no clue about it. Mm -hmm. And so when I decided to do that, that was after around year one, when I stepped into end of 2019, going into 2020, 2020, I was like, I want this whole CEO mentality. I want a team managed business. I was very specific about what it is that I wanted. I wanted a team managed business and I wanted to operate as a CEO. So my team handles the everyday doing this, that, and the other. I am the visionary. I am able to cast the vision, encourage the team, birth all these different things. And that's what, and I'm kind of still in that. I'm way further along than I started. Um, I'm still putting some components together, restructuring some things, systemizing some things. So that part I'm still kind of working through, but I'm a lot further along than I started. And so to be in literally year, um, technically year three, but really only about two and a half years in between Pink Icing and KP Media TV, I'm doing pretty good. So I'm, I'm okay with where I'm at as far as progress is concerned. But this year is going to be the icing on the cake, the bow on the gift, whatever you want to call it. We're <laughs> make sure we get this whole thing together.
1: I love it. I actually was going to touch on that for a second. You launched pink icing. I believe you said at the end of 18, 2018. Yes. And that was just paperwork. Right. <laughs> and that What's the like that just went crazy because one, we love the marketing that you do, pink icing. I mean, you're like, what is that? What is that? I think I want to eat that. Like, what is that? You know?
0: yeah
1: Yeah. (laughs) and then here you are, you have an entire network just a couple of years later. And it's just on this trajectory of expanding huge. When you I think what you're when you're talking, I think about the positioning that you've done, knowing what you want and being very clear and understanding that, yeah, in the beginning you can wear 50 hats, but as you keep moving along, you've got to start streamlining what it is yeah. you do and the people that you need to bring in.
0: Yes, absolutely. You have to do that part. And the next question is always like people ask, well, like, how do I do that? And how do I know what the next person is supposed to be? You know, you know, at the very minimum, you'll want that VA that can handle some of those mundane tasks that you should not be doing. Like things that are just taking a bunch of your time doing that's just like mundane over and over that has to still be done, but really is not a good use of your time because you need to be creating, you need to be the visionary. You need to make sure the business health and you know the different components that are needed and where you need to be showing up in conversations, whether you're having sales conversations, whether you're doing events, um, which right now it's more so virtual events, whatever that looks like as far as your are laying, that's what the focus needs to be to continue to bring in the business. And then you start, you know, um, unloading those things that you don't need to be spending time doing. So it starts your initial hire, you'll want to be that VA. And so once you can free up that time, it allows you to focus on selling more for the business then once you can sell more for the business, then you can start adding to the team, right? You can start adding other uh, people to the team that are going to support other areas in the business. And when you start thinking about that, think about things that maybe you're not, that could be more um, skill oriented positions that maybe you're not as good at, or you don't necessarily like doing, but that are absolutely necessary for the business. Then you look for that special person that can step into that role and do it very, very well. And then that's how you grow it. And you can literally start off, like, if you start off with a VA, you can start off part-time with the VA, grow her or him to full-time. And then once that's done, see, each time they grow – your revenue should be growing. That's another thing. You're not just hiring a VA and then your revenue is staying the same. So what you need to be thinking about as an entrepreneur or a business owner is when I hire the VA, how am I going to monetize the fact that I have a VA? How am I going to increase revenue from freeing up this time? So is this time gonna put me in more position to um, set up sales conversations, to have more of those, to do more events where it's lead generation? Is it going to increase revenue from me, build from me, um, bringing on this VA. Anytime, and everyone knows in my team. Anytime, it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing in our business, and it should be the same for yours. Every person that I bring on board, they don't have to be a salesperson to be someone that needs to um, indirectly produce some type of revenue. So let me give you an example of what I mean by that. So my VA. She's unloading stuff so I can focus on stuff. The stuff I focus on generates revenues. Her position makes sense. Graphic designer. Okay, I know that I have to do marketing. I know that I have to do advertising. I know that I have to put work out there, right, in order to get additional new customers. So I hire graphic designers that are incredible. I Obviously, I'm a creative director, so I direct the whole vision. I direct it when it comes to branding and all of that. When I put that stuff out there, it gets attention, right? I get new clients. That person's position is justified. So when you start looking at um, building out your team, you have to make sure that there is a dollar amount. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be some a dollar amount, that an actual dollar amount, but actual revenues that are going to be produced because you've hired them. If it's not, then you need to go back to the drawing board and find out how are these different positions going to position me to actually produce more revenue? Because if they don't, it doesn't make sense. Everybody needs to be producing revenues or indirectly.
1: I love that. Such good wisdom right there, Keisha.
0: I love it.
1: How do you, how would you, Recommend people because there's so many different things. I mean, you could throw a post on Facebook and get like, "Oh, I'm a VA. I'm a VA." How do oh, you? Yeah. <laughs> I know. How
0: do you
1: narrow down what? How how would you recommend people narrow down who that person is going to be for them?
0: Well, I'm not going to lie. That's a process, and I actually have been. um, in recruitment of VAs over the years. So I have quite a number of years of experience in outsourcing and all that stuff. And still, it's still a process to find um, someone that is gonna be good for your setup. And so it really depends. It starts with, uh, it depends on your needs because whatever it is that you, your needs and then some other things like what it is that you wanna do as far as your company and your organization. Are you open to, do you only want US-based VAs are you open to also overseas? Are you looking at a combination of the two? So you first start asking yourself those types of questions. Also your budget, like what is it that you have right now that you could actually spend for a VA? Obviously that's going to affect who you can hire. So I can talk about like a couple different, you know, kinds of ways to go about it. So if you fall into the space of like you, I like, I only want US-based, um VAs. I don't want to, you know, do overseas. I just strictly want to do US space. So one of the things, if you're just starting out and you're just building a team, you they have amazing subscription services where you can pay for a package, a monthly package. You get a VA for a number of hours. Uh, those have been a really successful way for us in the past. Um, to, you know, have a VA for a specific role. Sometimes when it comes to something you need specific in your business, whether it's, you know, email marketing, social media, um, you know, finance, accounting, like whatever it is that, well, not so much that because that goes into another tier of VA, but just some of those general things that you need to unload. Uh, Subscription VA services are good. One uh, One in particular that has been good is time, et cetera, They're pretty good. I think uh, Richard Branson's assistant, she's now retired, but she is the one to set up the course structure and kind of what, you know, um, the process needs to be in recruiting amazing VAs. So they're back in as far as how they get uh, VAs, how they train, how they vet. I think they have something like about a one or two percent. One or two percent of the candidates that come to them are like kind of extract it and that's who becomes their VA. So 1%, so all 99, 98%, they don't make it into that pool. So that's a one subscription. I think they start as low as 10 hours um, a month. And I believe that was like $270, $270 a month. And so that's a US-based type of setup. So if you're doing anything like with writing or if you need blogging done, you know those types of things that obviously would take more command of the English language. Those are options. So another way, um, another, and there's other ones too, but that's like one that I know that's been really good. Um, If you are open to doing either half and half or like budget is an issue, um, whatever the case may be, you want to do some overseas and then also want to do some U.S.-based um, there's overseas places as well like um, they're not so much subscription but there's places or websites that you can go to to take a look at different profiles that's going to be more of a process of really weeding through the resumes looking at the background checks doing your interviews so I can talk a little bit about that of how you kind of dig in and try to get the best kind of setup as far as the best person for the job but that's also um, another option, and when you go, when you do something overseas, you can get VAs. Like we can talk about specifically the Philippines, you can get VAs there for about four to five dollars per hour. And I just want to note this because for some people that don't understand this world um, as far as VA, they hear that and they're like, oh my God, that's exploitation. No, cost of living is completely different. As a matter of fact, I remember even being young and. Minimum wage for us was like $5 an hour. <laughs> so it's like, you know, when I think of even that, I'm like, well, it's not too far-fetched. And then cost of living is very different. That is considered at 4 to $5. I've even heard $3, but I'll just say 4 to $5 per hour um, is is actually a good salary when it comes to a VA in the Philippines. is very much so um, acceptable, and it's not like you're doing anything icky or yucky. It's a different country, different, you know, all of everything. And so there are many big corporations um, use uh, VAs from different parts of the world. And so this is this is not anything that's new. And so those are options as well. Um, There are some things to take in consideration when you start. Um, recruiting overseas, you do need to understand culture. It's not the same as the U.S. as far as the culture is concerned. As far as how to pay them, you cannot be one day late. That's a huge situation for them. They really depend on getting paid on time, like because everything that they do, as far as their livelihood, is built around when they know that they will be paid. Um, also, their Philippine, Philippine holidays and things. Knowing that kind of stuff because they're very much so about family. A lot of them don't work on Sunday. So, knowing the culture, and neither do I, but uh, knowing the culture and kind of understanding that is helpful because some people get into it, and when they don't understand that, they don't have a great um, experience with it, you know, because they don't understand the culture. So, it's, if you do decide to do that, understand the culture a little bit. Also with our VAs, um, we've had a couple outsourced overseas and we do more benefit packages in addition to that. So we give paid holidays. We give some of the things that you see here in the U.S., we give it there as well. So we recognize all Philippine holidays as well as U.S. holidays. We give, give what do you call it, time off pay, We give sick pay. We give vacation pay when they've met a certain kind of just the same as we do here in the U.S. So we do all of those kinds of things. And then there's other things you can do, too. You can give benefit packages. You can do all kinds of stuff. And it doesn't cost very much to do it, again, because it's different. It's not the U.S. And so what I do like... When you really do get a really good VA um, from the Philippines, for example, they're super, super loyal um, and trustworthy um, when you get really, really good ones, but you can get some bad ones too. And so I'll wrap up with saying this about it as far as where to look. Um, One of the sites that we have used to vet um, and to find uh, VAs is onlinejobs.ph. And if you find the task too daunting and you just really don't know like how to distinguish who is who if this is a person that is of integrity or not they do have there's two things you can do one they have um well you'll have to do the paid one i think it's like um i can't remember now i think it's either 49 or 99 for the month and typically you need it one month and you can have access to it and then they have like background stuff on each one so you can kind of check that out you do your interview You do a couple interviews, you email them, you see how responsive they are back and forth from email. And then you kind of sometimes what you'll want to do too is bring a couple on at a time to kind of see what they do as like a trial week. So you'll pay them for a trial week. You find out who's the best. Are they performing? Don't give them all the kit and caboodle, all the private information from the very beginning. You want to make sure that they are legit and that is someone you're going to keep and so that's kind of how you would do that. And the second um, option for them is you can use their recruitment service. So uh, onlinejobs.ph has a recruitment service. So you can use that. You can pay them, I think it's 500 bucks and they will do all of the recruitment. They will vet it for you. They will send it in a package in a bow. They will also give you a guarantee, I think up to 30 days if they don't work out, they'll switch them out. So that I know that went on, but I know that's some good information because we get a lot of people trying to figure out the whole VA thing, especially when you're trying to do overseas stuff and all that. And people, some are like scared about it or have a bad experience. But those are just some takeaways that we found work really well.
1: No, I think that was so good. Yes. good, needed information. And I was going to point out one other thing is to recognize the time difference
0: too. Yes. (laughs) Yes, recognize the time difference. Now, a lot of them are used to working with US-based employers. So, um, you know, we don't really have, I mean, they're always a day ahead of us. So you really don't have an issue. A lot of them will even, I mean, they shift their whole timing where if you need them during the day, they're up at night, you know, different things like that. For us, it just works perfectly because when I communicate with my VAs, it's either super early in the morning, like before I even climb out of the bed, like I'm on my mobile phone, or it's after three in the afternoon. And it works for me because I'm busy all the rest of the time and doing stuff. And so those are the times I want to connect. And then they're able to do other things that they can take care of that doesn't really matter um, as much as far as when they're doing it. So those are the kind of things, but yeah, if you have more of a business where they have to be available at a certain time during daytime hours, they're, they're very used to doing that. And you'll find tons of VAs that are open to doing that.
1: So interesting. Yeah. um, That's a a whole world. (laughs) It is. It's an entire world. I find it really fascinating too. And that's, I love that you said that's One of the first pieces in your hiring that you need to look at and where it's going to benefit you the most in your in your business, because it'll it frees up so much of your time.
0: Yeah. And then you got to go figure. So now you got time to be your visionary, create sales. You got time to grow the business. You don't have time as much to grow the business if you're doing all the social, if you're doing all the emailing, if you're doing all of this and the that and the other and the mundane stuff that has to be done, by the time the day is over, that's all the stuff you've done. It's like you can't, it's hard to do that and grow the business at the same time have sales conversations, get into rooms with strategic or potential strategic partners. It's really difficult to do all of that when you're over here stuck emailing people. Like that's just so those are some of the first things you want to take out, because if you look at your day and how long you're spending with all of these things, you're it's going to a big chunk of your day is, you know, all tied up with that kind of stuff. So if you can remove that, then you've just opened up a whole other world. And that's how you grow. And I always tell, you know, small businesses, basically, um, especially when they don't have uh, much of a budget for a VA, looking at overseas is not, you know, you can always, you know, start there. And then once you grow to a certain level, then you have your U.S. based as well. You may decide to keep um, your overseas VA as well. A lot of them are incredible. And it's just, you know, just the time to take for you to just kind of go through and tr- uh, truly vet them. Is what you're gonna want to make sure that you do.
1: I love that, Keisha. Such mm-hmm. good information.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What are a couple of the top points to vet them in your, especially since you are so experienced in this? I think that's such an incredible conversation that we're having. So yeah, let's go a little deeper.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah. So, Kira, you asked me um, what are some a couple points what yeah. you want to do on the vetting process. Yeah. yeah. So. One of the things, okay, so, you know, obviously it's another country, you know, it's different economics, right? And so um, they're very much so family oriented. So they're going to put that first before everything else. So really, I know we say that over here in the U.S. No, they really mean it. (laughs) (laughs) They really mean it. So you'll want to make sure that their equipment, like they have, you know, equipment that is going to be reliable. So you'll want to check that out. Like what are their internet and computer speeds and things like that? Those are things that you can check out. You know, they have tools online to check out those types of things because that could be something that impacts the work that they do for you. If they don't have proper equipment, or if they don't have proper internet and it's not always up, it's that's not going to be reliable. This is the only way that you're able to connect with them. That's going to be really important to make sure that they have that. The other thing is the responsiveness. They're way on the other side of the globe. Like you don't need to be trying to figure out or are they working, this, that, and the other. Now, I do not have my VAs clock in. I don't do that. Long as you're getting your stuff done, I'm good. And as a matter of fact, I highly suggest Going that route because with their culture, I keep going back to culture because it's important when you don't know this stuff and you go about and you do it the wrong way and you offend and don't even know you offend. Um, They actually want to be trusted. And here's the thing, too. When you're hiring them, the first thing that they're looking for is to trust you. So really, you know how, it's almost the reverse. So when, when they're hired by you, like you're like, oh my gosh, this is the perfect candidate, you know, she's gonna do, or he's gonna do this, that, and the other. They're kind, it's almost like a live interview with you. And like, are you someone that they can trust? Are you someone that's going to pay them? So that's what's happening those first few days and weeks until they get really comfortable with, okay, this is someone that, you know, I can trust. With that I'm going to work for them. They're going to pay me. They're going to treat me right. So do know that going in. So the questions, as far as back to your specific question, Kimberly, you want to do a series of things to make sure that they're going to be responsive and to kind of get to know more of the character of the person that's universal. So you can do that from a series of emails, email them back and forth. Check out how fast they're responding. Are they responding quickly? Are they responding thoroughly? Are they detailed? Did you ask them three questions and they only answered one? Like, those are the things that you look for because that is like your testing ground. You're seeing, like, okay, are they responsive now? And are they paying attention to detail? In their answering, when they answer this thing, that tells you whether they're detailed or not. So, you know you want to have that go on for a little bit and a little bit i would say if you can have about two to three different back and forths going on with them asking them questions baby hey can you show me some work that you did for this or you know now that's a little bit tricky too because with the work part which is why the um the trial week is important um let's just say for example you wanted to hire a website person um, you can say as part of your back and forth, like, oh, let me see your work. But it also has has happened where people will showcase other people's portfolio and it's actually not their work. And so that happens. And so that's why you can do that to kind of like, you know, to keep that dialogue going. But during your trial week and that test just know that you'll need to confirm that this person is able to do the work that they said they can do by the project that you give them during that trial, that paid trial week. And so, yeah, so the back and forth is good. Um, The, let you know, to finding out about their equipment is another thing. Interviewing them, seeing if you resonate, if there's an authentic connection, asking those character building questions, some of which is similar how we do here with interviewing and all of that. Um, making sure that they understand what the um, breadth of the work is going to be that you are um, considering them for is going to be important. And then hearing them out on how they feel that they can add value to your company within that breadth of work. So really, it's just kind of these things. And then when you bring them on, just always have a probationary week or two so that you know it's like, okay, you passed probation, you can continue on, or you know what, it didn't quite work out, we're gonna go a different direction.
1: I love that, I think one of the key points that kept standing out to me is that trial period, because yeah. you can have a great interview, you can have that detailed back and forth for three or four emails in communication, and you can, you can have that synergy with that person, but then you go and have them do that work for you know one to two weeks. And they could completely flop i doubt it but there's always that yeah. possibility. and maybe they're not in your they're not resonating and, and doing what you need them to do right so it makes it's true so sense. yeah
0: yeah it can flop and then here's another thing culture um again is okay so this is a tricky one so some have experience and if you've been around it long at all as far as the va world especially when it comes to overseas um, sometimes, unfortunately, they will ghost you. And um, yeah, yeah, they will go. And you guys know what that means. <laughs> <Well>, they do. <laughs> so the reason that typically happens is because they don't want to let you down. And many times if they can't do something or they can't deliver or they feel like they're going to let you down, they ghost. Because they can't, they, the communication part of that is difficult for them. So this is the way you combat that. So anytime I bring a VA, it starts really in the interview part of it, my expectations, um, the way that I want them to communicate. If they have an issue, if they have a question, if they have a better way to do something, communicate with me. And I pull the elephant in the room and I say, whatever you do, don't ghost. I say a different word, but don't mm-hmm. ghost. We, I make them feel thoroughly, and when you're having this communication, you're making them feel thoroughly comfortable with coming to you, sharing if they have a challenge, sharing if they have a question, making sure that they understand that you are an open door to help them navigate to supporting you. That's so important. They need to know that that's going to be okay. The second thing you do when they actually start working with you is you need to check in on them. Like, hey, how's it going thus far? How are you doing with the work? Do you have any questions? Is there anything? And then encourage them as well. If you see something they're doing really well, say, hey, you're doing amazing at this particular thing. Hey, here's some areas for improvement. Let's have you do this, that, and the other. You know, But you want to keep that open dialogue. You don't want them working and they haven't heard from you in two weeks. You want to at least be touching base with them, um, and you want to keep that open line of communication because then when they do, I mean, they're human, right? Like all of us, if they do, it's just a little different as far as culture-wise in some in some aspects. But um, if they do have questions or concern, or they feel like they don't quite or they don't quite get something they'll be comfortable with coming to you and know that coming to you and asking a question is not actually them failing at doing what they said that they can do. So that's like super important. And what you'll find when you do that, it'll become very apparent once they feel completely comfortable with you and safe, because they'll start communicating things that you already know. Like like I have one, one of our newer VAs, she was like, Oh, my gosh, I just love my employer. And she had like this whole thing. like I love my employer and I love my team and I love and she, and that's what they'll start doing. They'll start expressing more of it because again I do my team just like I do community like it goes through my entire business like team community network it doesn't matter we're all people and so we just got to understand culture and how people receive information and how to treat people because sometimes us treating people nice is not necessarily nice for someone else so it's just like a whole thing so just be educated about what you're stepping into is what I'm getting at but You'll start to have them where they'll put their guards down. They'll come to you. Hey, I found another way to do this. I have one of my staff because I have five um, that from here as well as overseas. So I have the combination that I was talking about. Um, I have one. I actually just let him totally take the lead on certain things because he has gotten so far in my head to where he uh, he knows exactly what I want to see. Like he's that brilliant. And that's what happens until... Once you get them feeling that way, they want to show up for you like you showing up for your own business. That is how it is. And they're like, hey um he'll tell me hey no this is not good this is old like this was 10 years ago kind of thing let me bring it up to this this is my suggestion with this and i'm like well you go right on ahead and you <laughs> take the lead like and i'm good with that because i told you about that team manage right the team managed company you don't always need to be the person you do the vision you empower people to step into their gifts and their talents and feel empowered to do that and you let them have the space to do that because they're gonna show up for your business and because of your team, because of how you're encouraging them, supporting them, empowering them, your business is going to be that much more successful. So when you have that in your team where people are showing up and taking authority and like taking ownership of like, maybe we should do this. And their idea is actually better than your idea because they are so in your head about what you want because they've studied it. Like you've hit it. You've hit it. And so that's one of the things when you do that and that's what I coming back to that loyalty piece Kimberly um that's when they're so loyal because they want to show up and they want to do good and they want to make sure you win on every level and they start working your business as if it's their own so
1: that's huge that's huge I love it wow
0: so good Woo. so good so good. So good. <laughs> this stuff. Everything about me is like team and community. So how can I not have that part together? (laughs)
1: Right. Yeah, no, but you, the wisdom you've imparted is just incredible because that is such a piece that people get stuck in. You know, it's like, where do I start? What, who do I talk to? There's so many people that claim they're a VA and most of them are, but then you don't know their their entire repertoire of what they can do for you. And you need to be clear. So. Oh yeah, I'm glad you
0: mentioned that. Before you hire anybody, you have to be clear. Don't bring anybody into your chaotic mess. Because, (laughs) I mean, you can have chaos still going on, but at least whatever you are assigning to them, make sure that part is all sorted out. So they're not coming in confused, because you'll scare some folks off like that. They'll be like, oh my gosh. And to be like perfectly transparent, I've done that before, like where it was like all this stuff going on, and I'm like, oh, all of these moving parts, and I was like, okay, I need to bring this VA to VA to help with these particular things, and it was like, it was like scary in there. It was like, so, and it was a good problem to have because we had tons, you know, it was tons of clients and different things, but and then clients were kind of just, you know, and it was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was something, and so it was scary. It was very scary, and it scared off a of VA. In the past. And so um, learn from me, learn from me. Um, Just give them a little bit at a time when they're starting.